0: And Welcome into the Bruins beat on CLNS media. My name is Evan Marinofsky and today I am joined by Connor Ryan Connor What is up?
1: Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing
0: doing great doing great. Uh, I know this is the first question you're wondering you're like how Evan How are you here right now? How are you? How are you alive? how are you uh, bringing your takes and your Bruins opinions to the people after the Mac Attack burger I had on Sunday. I know you're you're like, how are you not in the hospital with a big bad tummy ache? And I am here to report to you that I am okay. I am I lived to tell the tale. It was a tumultuous was journey. It was it was it worth it? It was. It was. Uh so I that Go burger. It did. I was surprised. I don't know. I to me like I I didn't find it crazy that mac and cheese is on a burger. Uh I haven't seen it before but i was like you know when you think about it like yeah it's pasta so that's a little bit different you know a little unconventional but it's still cheese you know it just replaces the cheese on a cheeseburger i don't know
1: and it and it it compresses too it doesn't make like a gigantic mess so it's like you know what i think is a very overrated thing is like a sunny side up egg on a burger too much of a mess I, 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 i just don't like in in principle it sounds okay and i think everyone's had it at least once i'm like oh i'll give it a try and you have it, and the yolk explodes. It like hits the person like across from you. Like it just makes a big mess. It's not worth it. I can see the argument for the mac and cheese on the burger.
0: Yeah, so I I have a friend who uh, has been raving about Boston Burger Company for a long time, and he was like, "We got to go some weekend." Because he sent me a post of theirs on Instagram because they do all these crazy kind of burgers. I don't know if you remember. They are like a brother company with uh, Mortadella Head, which is in Somerville. Yes. And they have the famous chopped Caesar salad sub, which is actually really good. I've had that. But that went viral on TikTok, like mega viral. Mm-hmm. So this is like their brother company, and they're, they're the same. They have crazy burgers, and I was like, you know, I really want to – I do want to try it. And uh, I, I saw Guy Fieri reviewed on Diners, Drivers, and Dives a few years ago uh, the Mac Attack burger. So I was like, I got to get that. I, I, you got to give, man. You got to give. Um, so I, I did, and it was great. It was awesome. I mean it was a lot. It was a lot of food. It's heavy. Um, but the mac and cheese was delicious. Like to me, I love mac and cheese. You can put mac and cheese at anything. I would eat it because I, I just it's love true. mac and cheese. So, um, it was good. I actually went to Warrior Ice Arena like an hour later. So I was, I was good. You, were you know, I was surprised. I was it,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> I was, but I was good. Um, my friend though, uh, I was telling Bruins Network this cause he, I DM'd him cause he was the first person to be like, what are you doing, dude? And I DM'd him and I was like, well, my stomach isn't feeling the greatest right now. Um, but, uh. One of my friends got the 4 – or my friend got the 420 burger, which is uh, mozzarella sticks, onion rings, fries, mac and cheese. Uh, that's – that's
1: just you got to stop Yeah, that's, that's where you lose me. You're asking for trouble. Yeah.
0: It's where you lose me. Uh, you lose me when you get to that part. Like that's not enjoyable. Like a mac and cheese on a burger with bacon is good. Like that's still, you know, t- tasty and you can still function after. You eat all that with like golden barbecue sauce on it and there's still things I'm forgetting – you're you're yeah. dead. You're done for the day. Um, and and that's not even like an enjoyable thing. So, um, yeah, yeah I'm good. Tummy's fine. Tummy's all there good. Go. Uh, gotta rare uh, get myself going for Thanksgiving this week. which oh, it should be an exciting sure, maybe you're, exciting time. Yeah, you're, you're
1: prepping yourself for it. It's like Shabrol a yeah. forward banking move there.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh, I'm getting my you know I'm getting my my uh my stomach up and all that stuff. Uh, anyways, uh, unfortunate story to start uh this episode. We're only doing one Bruins Beat this week. Uh just because Thanksgiving's the end of the week, and we, we'll have more to talk about next week. Um and of course we'll have poke the bear throughout the week, and um we'll have pucks with hags later in the week as well. Um, unfortunate story broke Saturday morning. We all kind of saw the rumblings on Twitter, and we all said, please, please don't be true. Hopefully, this is a rumor. Uh, And it, unfortunately, seems to be true. Uh, Milan Lucic was charged with assault and battery on a family member or a household member uh, early Saturday morning. Uh, He's supposed to be arraigned tomorrow, as in Tuesday. Uh, So this is coming out Tuesday. Again, we're recording this on Monday. Um, And then, so the Boston Globe actually just published... The the police report. And I'll read it just so we have that as baseline of facts. Uh, Boston Bruins winger Milan Lucic was arrested by Boston police after he allegedly pulled his wife by her hair and tried to choke her during an argument inside the couple's North End home, and it was sparked when Lucic could not locate his cell phone, according to a Boston police report obtained by The Globe. Lucic is scheduled to be arraigned Tuesday in Boston Municipal Court on a single kind of assault and battery on a family member stemming from his arrest shortly after 1 a.m. Saturday at the Battery Street condo, according to court records. Uh, it was not known if he's hired an attorney yet. According to the police report, officers responded to a 911 call to the address and met Lucic's wife in the lobby. Uh, Quote, operations relayed to the responding officers that the reporting party slash victim called and stated that her husband attempted to choke her, the police wrote. Uh, The police continued to write, the victim stated that her husband could not locate his cell phone after returning to their apartment after a night out. She stated that the suspect began yelling at her, demanding his phone back, believing she had hidden the phone. She stated that she did not have the phone or know where it was. End quote. At that point, the verbal argument allegedly escalated, the police wrote. Uh, She stated that she attempted to walk away from her husband and stated that her husband grabbed her by the hair and pulled her backwards. Stated that in doing so, the suspect uh, stated to her that she was not going anywhere. Police wrote that an officer, quote, observed redness on the victim's chest area and asked the victim if the suspect attempted to strangle her during the incident. She stated he did not, police wrote. Uh, They continued to write. She also stated that the suspect was consuming alcohol. Uh, She denied medical attention. And was provided with information about her right-to-restraining order. Uh, police wrote they checked to see if Lucic had any prior criminal charges or outstanding restraining orders, and he did not. And did not find any. Uh, the officers interviewed uh, Lucich in the couple's apartment. Police wrote in the report he appeared intoxicated when he answered the door. Police wrote he stated to officers nothing happened and did not provide an explanation. Uh, he was cooperative when police told him uh, he'd be he would be arrested on a domestic violence charge. He was escorted to a bedroom to get clothing, and the bedroom officers described a broken lamp on a nightstand and shards of what appeared to be glass on the floor. However, the suspect, Luchich in this case, stated that uh, broken shards of pla- there were broken shards of plastic on the floor. Um, he was taken into custody and booked at the Area A1 station without incident. Uh, and then they go on to 2011 and, and that whole thing, which has been um, uh, talked about quite a bit. Um, he should be gone. I mean, that's... I. I think that's pretty widely agreed upon and it's, you know, we want to send our best to, um, Lucic's kids, his wife, um, horrible situation. And again, I think, you know, easy, he's gone. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you said, I think first and foremost, you hope that, uh, Brittany and, uh, Lucic's uh, kids are okay off off of a awful situation here. You just hope for their well-being and, um, you know, that they're, that they're doing okay. So that should be first and foremost beyond anything on the ice or, or however you want to uh, address that. But uh, yeah, I mean, massively disappointing, uh, you know, this whole situation, the way it's played out, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens off of this arraignment of the more uh, as more information comes out with it. But as you said, I mean, absolutely no excuse for it. An awful uh, situation. And as you said, you uh, I can't see any place for him on this team, uh, you know, off of just a a situation like that. I mean, it's based on the details from the police report, uh, just a, just, you know, disgusting incident that has absolutely no place for anything related to, uh, the Boston Bruins organization. Um, and, you know, Sully's, uh, kind of everything that he's done here, uh, based on, you know, what those charges are and what it's, you know, stated in the police report. So, um, Again, I'm sure there'll be even more information that will be coming out throughout this week. So we'll, you know, we'll have that updated with more and more of these podcasts after uh, he's been arraigned and, and more information comes out from uh, lawyers, uh, police reports, all that stuff. But uh, just within the moment right now of what we know so far, there's not much more you can say other than uh, just a really awful, disgusting incident that you just hope more than anything that the Lucic family is okay. And from the Bruins' perspective, yeah. I can't see any reason to to keep him around in wake of this. I mean, it's just just awful, right?
0: You nailed it. I mean, it's disgusting. Disgusting, and there's no place for it. Um, No excuse for it. Nothing. I mean, there's, you know, again, going off what we have so far, which is now the police report, um, which, you know, again, uh, The Globe published about an hour before we started recording on Monday. Um, I mean, it's inexcusable, and it's disgusting. And, you know, I mean, it just... There's not much more you can say it, there isn't, I mean, there, this is what we have and it's horrible. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, like I said, it a couple minutes ago, like there's, there's no reason he should be back. None. And I know some will point to, oh, there's domestic, you know, people with domestic allegations against them in other sports does not make it right. It does not make it right. And I think, um, I would hope the Bruins would take uh, prompt action. My guess is they're waiting for the facts to come out as they, as they should, Um, so, uh, I just, it's a horrible, horrible situation. And again, it's, you know, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, uh, you know, Lucic was such a great player. I loved him. This, as you said, just tarnishes all of that. Um, so, um, that stuff goes straight out the window when something is gross and is terrible. As this pops up, and you know, I'm not going to get into a discussion of like, you know, what does Lucic need to do to rehabilitate himself? That's not what we're here right. for. Yeah, we're not. Um, over oh, the
1: lineups or whatever like that. Like, no,
0: I don't care. I like that's not. We're not getting into that now. That's not. We're not discussing who's going to be the fourth line left winger now. Um, that's not where we're going. We're not doing the you know, oh, he has this issue, that issue. There's no excuse for this. Goodbye, and that's that. Um, anyways, Burns did play a game Saturday night. Um, which was interesting because, you know, Montgomery mentioned it on Saturday morning saying, you know, this is tough. As Steve Conroy asked, you know, this, or how is this affecting the guys in the room? Cause that, I mean, it was an hour or so fresh in their minds and in their, you know, yeah. seeing it or, or, you know, hearing about it. And, you know, Montgomery even said, you know, this is not a typical day, but these guys are professionals. They got to, you know, gear up for a game tonight. Um, and they did gear up for it. Big win over the Canadians. Um, one of their most dominant of the year, I thought, from start to finish. Just uh, really, really good effort. Um, and again, it I think it stems back to Montgomery bag skating them after the Mon- after the Montreal game a couple days before. Um, but uh, you know, I think that game to me highlighted some of the real not unsung heroes of this team so far, but guys that fly a little under the radar. Uh, we'll start with Trent Frederick, who really is finding his place. I mean, we you said it all off season do not move him from Charlie Coyle. Do not move him from Charlie Coyle. Do not move him from Charlie Coyle. And uh, ever since him and Charlie Coyle have been together and Van Reemsdyke, it's been one hell of a line.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that is encouraging to see when you're looking at guys that can contribute and help drive play. Like is that third line, like a, a group of guys that each by themselves can drive play or control a game or what have you know, but when they, you know, play off each other, and they kind of uh, complement each other's skill sets out there. A guy like Frederick, when he's uh, you know taking a shot-first mentality, when he's contributing, holding on to pucks, extending ozone time, he can really be a useful asset out there. And we talked all off-season, right? Like, was last year a, a fluke? Was it a, a breakout season? He's going to build off of it. So far, it seems like it's more of the latter, right? Where you know, rather than him being this guy that could be a twenty-point guy with some added physicality, maybe he is a guy that could give you. 20-ish goals year in and year out, especially if he's utilizing that spot because I think the most underrated part of his game, we know, you know, the physicality he can play with, all that stuff. Got a great hopefully, shot ho- when he gets to the they, that,
0: wait, Hopefully they mic his dad up on this, uh, the father's trip. They yes, got to mic they, him up.
1: They That seems like a, a foregone conclusion, right? There's, it's probably going to be a, quite uh, an entertaining uh, behind the bee in terms of the dad's trip. So there'll be quite a few <laughs> mics going on for those games down in Florida. But, uh, Frederick's got a really underrated shot and whether it's like you see when he comes out of the box has that goal, but like when he's kind of that F3 as well, um, and guys like Coyle JVR are holding onto the pucks down low, and he's getting those opportunities to fire off those pucks. You do a lot of damage, right? Like, is, it, is he, is he a 30 goal scorer? I don't think so, but like he can, with that shot and with, you know, how he plays on that line, he can do a lot of damage. And again, we've talked about it as the Bruins are trying to settle things of, you know, what lines best complement one another, uh, that whatever you want to call that coil line, the second line, the third line, I feel like they're all kind of interchangeable right now, except maybe the soccer line, I think is number one. We know that based on the personnel there, yes. but, um, just how that grouping is playing. They're making things happen night in and night out down both ends of the ice. Like even defensively, they've been as good as they were last year as well.
0: There's gotta be a name for the JVR coil Frederick line. Has anyone come up with something yet for them? I, we uh, gotta start uh, we, got, that's we a gotta start workshopping yeah we got
1: we got geek we got geek squad we got the potheads <laughs> which i think i i want to say we were helping leave the charge there but that that one is well, for the masses but i
0: think i thought we were first on it and i think we still are but like dj bean was on on uh in the last week and he said like oh everyone's you know we're potheads and all this i'm like did you start that or did we? I want to say we started that. You know, like we. So will, I don't will know. Tip the
1: caps to we will, uh, tip the caps to DJ and Pete as well. So I would not be surprised they also brewed up that stuff as well. So
0: they probably had that in the bag. You know, when the Bruins drafted yes. Patra. Um, yes, but yeah, I mean, I agree with you, and and I want to touch on this because this again. There's a lot of reasons the Bruins are having success. Number one is goaltending, that's obvious. But this depth scoring, these value players are really kicking in. But first, you want to talk value? Check out our sponsor, Connor, because they're all about value. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. Again, FanDuel.com slash Boston. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. In mass, 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real money wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expires seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com gamblinghelpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24 7 support play it smart from the start gamesense ma.com or call 1-800-JM-1234 now back to the show so uh this the middle of the lineup it's so interesting because you know van riemsdyk right now five goals seven assists 12 points in 16 games you will take that any day out of a guy making a million dollars for one year, and it's not like the the Bergeron uh, one, one and a half million. It's a legit just one million um, dollars. And again, like Frederick has five goals right now, seven points. You uh, know I mean, he's been quiet at times offensively producing, but like in terms of you mentioned it, right? Like he's pretty good at finding soft spots in uh, in in the slot, and he's good at getting open. I think when you, like, Van Riemsdyk is a very, very, very good passer. Um, yeah. Some of his passing is very, is it's just high IQ stuff. And again, he's an NHL vet. Uh, DJ brought up a good point, uh, saying that Van Riemsdyk is sort of like the best of the not best players. Like, uh, a guy who's always really good, but you don't put him up with, you know, like the elite players and things like that, but just a guy that is so reliable. And he's been that. He's been that this year. Um, and again, you, you know, you look at that line and what it could do—not just now, but like in the postseason. I mean, that's a big line, puck possession, uh, good at finding open, open guys, even with you know defensemen in the way, and just getting crafty uh, at, at getting uh, at getting other, their line mates the puck. Um, so to me, again, like that line has been dynamite, has been really, really solid. Um, what staying with the Forge one more minute, uh, Zaka. I, you know, I've been more and more impressed by him and his vision and just his ability to find open teammates, uh, to wor- obviously Poshnok, you know, y- you or me could throw Poshnak the puck and we'd have, you know, 30 assists. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe that's a stretch. Uh, maybe I'm getting, my head's getting a little too big. Uh, but I think we could do it. I think we could do it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's interesting, actually. I so the little tangent here, uh, you know how uh, people always say, like, when guys are sitting around watching sports, they just sit, you know, and just talk about just sports as players. well? Uh, yeah, they <laughs> players. players. Well, that, that so too. Was boys we were just
1: hanging out. One guy goes, like, Rashad Mendenhall, and just starts to. The, <laughs>
0: the, yeah, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, <laughs> yes. What's funny is the other night, my buddies and I were sitting around, we were watching uh, the Bruins on Saturday night, and we were discussing, like, best cor- cornerbacks of the 2010s. And, like, like Darrell uh, Revis with the Jets was unstoppable. It was like, no, Josh Norman with the Panthers and all this stuff, but one discussion one of my roommates and I always have is, like, could you do something, like, could you throw a touchdown pass in the NFL? Um, Could you, you know, hit a, a, you know, a 95 mile per hour fastball, things like that. Touchdown pass, part of, a toxic trait is thinking, like, oh, if I just threw a screen or something, but even then, getting the ball out quick and having, like, zipping it over, that might be a little tough. Um, And and also just getting crushed. Um, So I I don't know. Touchdown pass I don't break, think I could.
1: Breaking breaking news. Evan Evan Marinovsky <laughs> thinks he can replace Mac Jones as Patriots quarterback. <laughs> exactly. Give be me in the, Who the hell? My, honestly, that. Honestly, respectfully, res- might be the same result for a little bit cheaper. So,
0: yeah, I I would play for a little bit cheaper than Mac and and I would just take sacks or throw the ball onto the ground or just hand yeah. it
1: off. And you can do a sponsorship with uh the Boston Burger Company with the Mac the Mac and Cheese burger. <laughs> there you go. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Easy. That's, a, that's yeah, I'll put it on the, my jersey. The real
1: Mac. The real Mac attack. Seven.
0: Exactly. That's what the, it's me. It's me as Patriots quarterback. Uh, but one interesting thing, and it, cause it goes back to us talking about, uh, if we were playing with Poundstruck is, could you score a goal on an NHL goalie? And I think that's a, if you went, well, okay. I, so I'll say this. If you went in on a breakaway because puck bounces are weird, or if you, you know, like things like that fluky could go in. Like, I think it, like there's a better chance of that happening than me throwing a touchdown pass. Um, I think so. Maybe I'm wrong. I could be totally wrong. Uh, I don't think I'm getting any goals past freaking Swayman or Olmark right now. I mean, geez. Um, but I, I, it's always an interesting conversation of like, could you do this in a professional setting? The answer 99.9% of the time is no. Um, so
1: yeah, I would, I would suck. I would <laughs> suck. too.
0: No, I would, I would suck too. Um, anyways, uh, <laughs> where were we? Oh, Zaka, uh, Zaka. is great. Is I think he's proving more and more, you wrote about this the other day, he's proving more and more that he's not just a stopgap uh, at center, that he actually really does belong, and I think throughout this season, you've seen it.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, and I, I think it, it's funny that I think we all knew going into the year like the goaltending was going to be very good, maybe not as elite as is right now, but that was going to be an area of strength, defense was going to be good, they were going to have still stark talent with guys like Pasternak, what have you, but... Um, the biggest question mark I think up front was just whether or not Coyle and Zaka could, you know, hold their own night in and night out. And so far, at least, you're seeing it, right? Like, again, it's a long season. We'll see how it is. But isn't like a five, six, seven-game stretcher are putting up uh, good numbers, I mean – Saka's on pace for sixty-six points right now. Coyle's uh, on pace for seventy-two. And again, that's not to say that which they need is to crazy. Hit that- <laughs> yeah, it's not to say they need to hit that point, but like if they're both playing really strong two-way hockey, they're driving play with the cast around them, and they finish around fifty points, you'll take it. Anything over that is gravy, in my opinion. But those are oh, two Thanksgiving. critical I'm areas. Yeah, there you go those are two critical areas of the lineup where the Bruins really haven't had to worry about that. Now, again, does that mean to say that the Bruins now moving forward, don't need to be in on Elias Lindholm or Thomas Hurdle or what have you? No, like if you can further bolster it, you'll take it. But that's not been an area where I think like Don Sweeney and and his staff are like, we got to fix this or we got to make a deep run. Like uh, I saw there was some comment because I did that story on Zaka of how he's, I think, really realized, you know, the Bruins – hopes that he'd be a top six centerman someone's like yeah what did he do in the playoffs i'm like well he had six points in seven games it was a plus two like he was he was great i mean same with Coyle. he was like, far from are, their
0: problem <laughs>
1: yeah like those two guys like again can you win with those two guys as your top six centerman they looked pretty good in the playoffs last year right like as unconventional maybe as it was going into this year this isn't like a flash in the pan like you know if we get into January and february in the dog days of the season and they're going into a cold spell. Maybe that's when, you know, Sweeney and his staff have to look over things. Maybe they need a boost there. But right now, both those guys are driving play and impacting the game pretty much whenever they're hopping over the boards.
0: I mean, I think you could make the argument that any centers after Bergeron and Krejci retired were going to look out of place uh, on paper. Now, I will say, obviously, if you brought in a guy who was a top six center elsewhere, it would be different. But, I mean, you, you when you look at it, Charlie Coyle for years here— Played as the third line center. Now, granted, he would get moved into the top six, but it was never for a long period of time, and it was guys he never really played with. So you could make the argument over the years. It, a lot, you know, we always said, "Oh, he hasn't turned into a top six center," but he wasn't given the greatest opportunities to all to form into a top six center. Um, and Pavel Zaka, you know, we saw last year at times, uh, but again, you know, it wasn't an ex- you know, it was for extended periods of time sometimes, and he was great at it. So we kind of assumed, all right, he'll be the one, and 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 Coyle will be the two. Now it looks like both are pretty solid top six centers uh, with a good cast around them. And again, it's it's come even at the expense of like, Jake Debrusque hasn't been producing at the levels that I think we all thought he would. Um, and he was supposed to be kind of a top six stalwart. So, um, you know, again, they have fit. They have fit. And I think, you know, you mentioned like a Hurdle or a Lindholm. And I think, you know, if that if the opportunity arises for that, you know, you have to consider it. But right now, I mean, I don't think you need to make a massive... Uh, addition at the deadline and give up a ton of assets for it, you know, for a top six center. If something pops up where Tom Marsh Hurdle says, I will only go to the Boston Bruins and, you know, you only have to give up, you know, like Lysel and something else, maybe, but that's not going to happen. And I don't think San Jose is going to let that happen because, um, oh boy, oh boy. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, I think, you know, those guys have proven it so far. And again, we're not like, this isn't the beginning of the season anymore. This is, there's a large sample size, and the Bruins are, what, 13-1-2 and two right now? So yeah. you're seeing it. And they played good teams. Um, and, again, I think this stretch upcoming is big with uh, Florida and, and Tampa Bay. Um, I'm sure many folks will watch the Panthers-Bruins game on Wednesday night out at uh, local bars when they go home for Thanksgiving. So they that can be the backdrop. Hopefully it's a, a good backdrop. Um, one last thing I want to hit on before we head out. Charlie McAvoy. So I want to give myself a little pat on the back here because, you know, we got to celebrate our wins. We're a pro celebrating our own takes when they're right. Getting the bag Podcast.
1: and then gloating over our predictions. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <The two laughs> we,
0: that's, that's the, those are two things that we will always always defend. Two principles. Yes. If we run for office, those are the two things we will run on. Um, And uh, Rutherford B. Hayes. Pro-Rutherford yes. B. Hayes. Of course, we will be uh, we will always be a pro-Rutherford Shout out B. Hayes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I want to make sure he didn't do anything bad before I really put my stamp of approval on it. Did. I He, he probably, probably did. did. <laughs> he probably did do some bad things. Um, Charlie McAvoy, though, has not been doing – well, he did do the suspension things. So I guess that is a bad thing. But other than <laughs> anyway. that, he's been good. Yes. <laughs> other I'm than that, he's been, been good. <laughs> offensively, what's he doing? <laughs> um, three goals, nine assists, 12 points in 12 games. I said before the season, I said this is going to be the year he gets over 60 points. Um, so far, on pace for it. Um, but I just think his activation in joining the rush, uh, creating offense, this is exactly what you need out of a McAvoy. And, uh, I remember Fluto wrote an article a year or two ago, basically saying like McAvoy probably never going to win a Norris because the defensemen around him in the league, Makar, Hughes, Fox, Yossi, all these guys are so good and they put up points and Hughes is having a freaking crazy year yeah. out in Vancouver. Um, but the point production nonetheless will help the Bruins whether he wins a Norris or not and you're really starting to see that now.
1: Yeah absolutely and it's something that we've talked about this I think even last week that the Bruins to really realize their uh, potential offensively especially at five on five play I think the defense to get a lot more involved I mean even you saw uh, Brennan Carlo you know gets that shot that gets tipped by Frederick. Brennan Carlo who's on pace for I think like 26 points this year which is not too bad for him like he's he's no. not been involved in a couple of offensive plays so far but Charlie McAvoy is your kind of conduit back there uh your number one option and to have him be really more assertive in the offensive zone I think is really encouraging like I still don't think he's the guy that's going to be peppering the net but I think you're seeing him when he's seeing plays he's taking the puck down low um he's making things happen and I think when your number one play driver on defense is doing that night in and night out it really, really helps out your team as a whole. So it's good to see him, I think, take that next gear. You don't want to see him sacrifice his defensive play or anything like that. And he hasn't. But I think this is part of that expected growth and why, you know, I think we even talked about it before the year. As good as this team was, they still have guys that are 25, 26, 27 that still have more room to grow. And McAvoy in that offensive game was one of those areas. I think you're seeing it so far.
0: Yeah, he's growing. I think it's the other thing is like, I think a lot of people thought, oh, he's just going to be, you know, uh, you know, 40 point guy who just kind of, you know, good in his own zone, never gets the offensive recognition, but there's another element to his game and we're seeing that. Um, and again, it's, he hasn't been here forever. I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, he is what he is. And it's like, no, like there's still a lot more to give. Um, same thing said for Swayman, Frederick, Tabrusk, a lot of these guys. So we'll see what ends up happening, but McAvoy, uh, really encouraging to start. And by the way, Lindholm, ever since we talked about Lindholm, He's
1: doing it. He's four doing a damn in, thing. Four points in six games, I believe, is what it is now. Not too bad.
0: Not too bad. He must have listened. He was like, you know what? Those guys are right. I got to, got to step up my offensive game, and that was it. That was it. Firing shots away from the point like it was going out of style. Uh, before we go, Connor, I got to ask the uh, typical Thanksgiving question. What's your favorite side? We've talked about this before, and I honestly forget because it, it, you know, it's a. I can't believe I forget, but um, what is the favorite uh, I Thanksgiving mean,
1: side? there's many different options that are great I, is it controversial to say mac and cheese because people who like it's like the people think that's not a thanksgiving side i think it is and that's my favorite I think but it is. if if beyond that i feel like everyone friggin loves mac and cheese so like i don't think that's i'll say a good stuffing it has to be like a the one you make yourself not like the box stuffing like one that's oh really a little, you know yeah exactly like a uh, a one that has a lot of different variation to it a lot. Even throw some little celery in there, some seasoning. Pretty good. I, I love stuffing. You just do so much with it. That's why I stuffing,
0: love stuffing. to me, stuffing is the most elite Thanksgiving side. I, I'm not like, see, I think mac and cheese is so big. Like I think mac and cheese, it's like a, it's such a, an iconic food. I know I'm the pro mac attack guy. But it's such an iconic food that I, I think it's hard to label it just a Thanksgiving side. But it can be. Like, I'm not like, oh, I can't have mac and cheese with Thanksgiving. I could have mac and cheese for freaking breakfast. I don't care. Yeah. Um, so Thanksgiving would be great. I never grew up with it for Thanksgiving. I wish I did. It would have been really freaking cool. Um, yes. But uh, stuffing to me is number one. I think whether, even, whether it's stovetop out of the box or you make it yourself, I love it. I love stuffing. Put a little gravy on it. Mix it with some mashed potatoes. I just I think it's I think it's awesome. Um, also, so I'm probably uh, stuffing.
1: Also cranberry sauce. I don't like I don't like people who put like a whole thing on their plate, but like as a as a complement, put that over a whole bunch of different stuff. Mix it in. Great.
0: It is. I agree with you. It's sweet. It adds that the the, the sugar. I guess I don't know. I'm not a culinary guy, so I can't you know like be like oh the the, the flavor of it is I, just so perfect. You know I'm not like Gordon Ramsay or anything, but close enough. That was beautiful. Was JFK, perfect. JFK,
1: last week. Gordon Ramsay this one. It's great.
0: Who's gonna be next week? We're
1: like, we're well, like Frank Caliendo. We're like a much probably better version than <laughs> Frank Caliendo.
0: What was his full time job at ESPN? Just like you know,
1: just doing just impressions. Doing John Madden impressions? Yeah, they were hilarious. <laughs> really funny. Like Jeff Dunham. It's really just getting the whole crowd laughing.
0: Yeah, bro, you, you got the whole squad laughing. Yeah. Um, what was it? Oh, my last Thanksgiving take. It's not. I think everyone agrees with this at this point. Uh turkey is carried by all the 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 sides around it. I'm not a big turkey sucks. guy. It sucks. Yeah.
1: The bird sucks too. It yells at it yells at you. It tries to attack you when you're golfing, It tries to attack you on the green line when you're over in Brookline, <laughs> just mind your own business. It's a shitty bird, Evan. I don't like it. It is. I it it's is so
0: I, Yeah, Hang it is. It's got, the, it's, got, it's got like it's got the
1: hanging off its nose, like yeah. I I don't like it. It's yeah, a, just it's a like, shitty bird.
0: No one. Like you shakes. wonder why, like
1: the pilgrims, why well, the pilgrims took it out? They probably saw it look like a little demon making that awful <laughs> noise. It's probably why they killed it. So the
0: gobble gobble gobble. You know, it's funny yeah, when we, exactly. uh, where I grew up I'm in Framingham.
1: Pro... <laughs> yeah, sorry,
0: <I> don't <laughs> Pro What? What are we pro? No, what are we pro? No, we're,
1: we're pro getting the bag, validating <laughs> our own predictions, and we're pro hating turkey podcast. Yeah.
0: So. Oh, oh,
1: definitely. That
0: is that's the holy trinity. Um, yes. The best. The best part is like when I grew up, where I grew up in Framingham. We lived in like a wooded area, so you know, turkeys would constantly come around and they would gobble and I actually got the gobble down. I'm not doing it here, but I used to gobble back at them and just, you know, try to get the birds going. And sometimes I actually would like, they wouldn't even be doing anything. And I would just gobble at them, like out my bedroom window and they would just start gobbling at each other. It was great. I just, you know, I'd stir the pot with the turkeys and then I'd literally stir the pot. just
1: walking, walking through Framingham, (laughs) just assembling a coalition (laughs) of turkeys. That's exactly (laughs) what I did. Sending them on a golf course and ruining everyone's day.
0: Yes, I said go to the go to that premium country club golf course and harass all the golfers Um, but yeah, so I uh, turkey i'm not a fan of the best thing of thanksgiving is the sides you put them together Like I whenever I have a plate of food. I want everything together You know, like if I have steak potatoes broccoli, like I want it all to get like a bowl, you know mm-hmm. I want everything yes in every bite You want to so. you
1: make your own little kfc famous bowl. I appreciate that's that. ex- that's exactly
0: it I mean that that literally the kfc famous bowl is like thanksgiving all all year. So, um to a point, I'd rather chicken for Thanksgiving would be great if that like became the norm, you know. I think we could get along with that, um, yeah. but I don't freaking turkey. Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and I remember hearing an argument once. They said uh, you you see chicken restaurants, you see steakhouses, roast beef joints. I mean, Hags reviews like all of them around the around mm-hmm. the state now. That's his thing, which is awesome. And that, but you don't see turkey restaurants. You never see like a restaurant that's like no, we're it the turkey sucks. people. It's not sucks. good because it's very dry. Um, so and again, it's simply like you've just never had a good turkey. It's like I've had a lot of turkey from a lot of places, and I've never been like thoroughly impressed. Yeah, so, and I've yeah. never met a,
1: a good turkey in a living good turkey either. <laughs> they suck. Exactly, they suck, exactly.
0: I agree. I it is, you know, like you can't get a, no one has a pet turkey. People do have chickens, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, turkeys, no one has a pet turkey. Um, if you do, though, if you do happen to have a, bit of a pet turkey,
1: send us a, a shout got, out
0: you got to show us a picture of the turkey. I mean, my God. Um, But anyways, that is today's Bruins beat. Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston.com and the Boston Globe?
1: Yeah, we'll have you covered throughout the season with uh, game recaps, features, columns, breakdowns, all that good stuff. I'll be over at MSG on uh, Saturday uh, for Rangers Bruins. So I'll be in New York City going to Bubba Gum Shrimp. See all the sites over in Times Square, the M M&M and M Factory. The M and M Factory. Send us if someone sends us a photo of their pet turkey, I will go to the M M&M and M Factory and get it printed on some red M and Ms for you. So <laughs> that's, I regret saying that because that's gonna, a promise. Gonna send, that's a promise. Someone's going to send like a, a photo bucket photo of a turkey. Now I have to do. It. But <laughs> listen, when you're in New York, baby, you got to do those things. So I'll be able to go bad, but. Uh, yeah, if you want to read all my stuff, please do over at boston.com and you can uh follow my tweets, uh gifs, musings, all that great stuff over at uh at Connor Ryan underscore ninety-three on Twitter, X, whatever the hell it's called.
0: Yeah, go do all that. Uh the funny thing is like someone's gonna send a picture of like a turkey in there, like in the like in the oven and be like, Oh, that was Jimmy. He was a great yeah. turkey for us, you know. And it's like that's morbid. You know, maybe don't yeah. do that, you know. Rip Jimmy. Um Anyways. You know,
1: turkeys suck anyway. I am not, I'm not <laughs> paying my respects to any turkeys.
0: No turkey respect here. Uh, anyways, that's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners, have a happy Thanksgiving for those in the United States. And for all, have a great rest of your week.